0: Hi there, this is Washington, and you are now listening to the I Choose the Ladder podcast, a podcast for Black women on the corporate climb. This episode is brought to you by The Memo, the weekly I Choose the Ladder newsletter that goes out every Monday to help you with your career development during the week. In the newsletter, I share articles that I found helpful as a Black woman navigating corporate America, career development resources, job opportunities, and upcoming I Choose the Ladder events. Everything we do is released to the subscribers of the newsletter first. If the memo sounds like something you would like to receive, you can subscribe by texting CLIMB C L I M B to six six eight six six. Again, that's CLIMB C L I M B to six six eight six six. In this episode, we are going to talk about career tools. I think I've been on my soapbox lately about the need to stay prepared the need to control the things that you can control as it pertains to your career like i'm going to start by acknowledging that there are things that happen in the workplace in corporate america that are beyond our control that could hinder our progress or the pace at which we we progress right so things like systematic things within corporate that are unfair that are racist things like unconscious bias Things like people managing people who are not good people managers and have not been groomed or thought or developed in a way that allows them to help manage your career. Those things we can't control. Um, But I think I always say that a lot of the times when we get frustrated, it's because we're spending more of our time focused on the things that are out of our control and not enough time on the things that we can control. So for For this episode, my hope is that this will help you shift your focus a little bit and give you some things that help you feel empowered as you decide how you navigate your career, if you stay with your company, if you get a new job, as you're trying to progress, as you are um, looking at your own growth and personal development within your career. Um, For me, these are the four bare minimum things that you have to have that are A-1- if you are thinking about presenting yourself in a way where people take you seriously, presenting yourself in a way that gives you opportunities, um, to grow opportunities, to be a part of things. Um, the things that give you the, the ability to be easily helped, uh, in past podcast episodes, I've always said that, uh, the people who get the most help are the people who are easiest to help. So if you come to someone and you are, um, a, a A work in progress, that's fine, as long as people are seeing that you are investing in yourself, there's usually not a hesitation to also invest in you. But if you come to someone and their ability to help you um, is stretched because of how much you have not done um, on your own, I think it makes it harder to get help, especially from the people, the caliber of people that we all want help from because those people are very busy. They all have very demanding careers. That's why we want, you know, advice from them. That's why we want mentorship from them. That's why we want sponsorship from them is because they've achieved a certain level of success. So these are the four things that I think are your part to make sure they are A1. And if they are not, like you need to start seriously investing in those, in these things. So the first thing is a professionally done resume. And I know this sounds, uh, it sounds very basic, but in my role with I Choose a Ladder, I see tons and tons of resumes. And for a lot of them, I think people are, uh, they think that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, but they have not uh, synthesized their resumes in a way that shows, that highlights the highlights of their careers. Um, and so, I, I recommend that when you are looking at your resume, your resume should be one giant impact statement. And what does that mean? So the, an impact statement is something that shows what you did and the impact that it had on your, on your current department or on your company, right? I, I think a lot of times we list the functions of what we've done. So I remember when I first started, I was an assistant, I would say, uh, performed administrative tasks. Well, that's fine, but what should happen is that you should say perform administrative tasks that led to X, manage a calendar that made sure that there was like not a lot of mistakes made, or like that my boss was uh, had an efficient day, or something. Like there needs to be something that uh, every bullet on your resume should have what the impact of that action was. The second thing that I would say is that your competencies need to be very clearly listed on your resume. Um, The things that you know how to do, the the skills that you've acquired, they should be woven into your impact statements, but also um, if there's a section at the top of your resume that clearly lists the competencies that are above and beyond, um, that you've gone and gotten additional professional development, you've invested in yourself, those should be clearly listed out on your resume as well. Um, you should have your current education right I think depending on how far removed you are from uh, from school you don't necessarily need to have your GPA on there but if you have your undergrad if you have your uh, your graduate your graduate school uh, that's finished if you have certification that you've done like those things should be clearly listed on your resume and then something that I think a lot of a lot of people forget are your relevant activities that are uh, that are outside of the core parts of your job. So let's say you volunteer somewhere and you have uh, a leadership role within a volunteer organization or a nonprofit. Uh, if you are trying to pivot into an industry where it's not clearly visible how the work that you're doing right now ties into what it is that you're going to be doing or hoping to do in this new role, having um, Activities that show you demonstrating those competencies and demonstrating those skills go a long way to help you and help uh, the person looking at your resume visually uh, feel, uh, bridge the gap between like where you are and where you're trying to go. But if you have not, if you don't feel confident putting your resume together or if you don't feel confident... Um, like you take a pass and you're like, I think this is good, but I'm not sure. There are people who are professional resume writers. One of the things that I've been talking about for us as black women, I think that we were not groomed to invest in our professional development. I think we wait until we are a lot more senior to invest because of the companies you're paying for or things like that. But there are inexpensive sources and resources to help you um get your resume in tip-top shape, and that's what those people do. And so if you don't feel confident, I would say spend the money um, to invest in having someone look at your resume give you feedback, edit it so that you are showing up. And when you're sending it out, you're confident in um, in the way that it presents and you understand that it's going to be used as a representation for what you are capable of And so, you're getting help to make sure that that's done in a way that you can feel proud of. The second thing, and this one, I know people are always like, it, you're doing too much, but I disagree, right? I think that everyone needs a professional headshot. A lot of the times we think that it's only like the senior vice presidents who need it or the influencers, but I, I would say that you don't know what opportunities are going to come your way and you don't want to have to get ready when they come. If you are someone who's going to be, you know, on your LinkedIn and you're going to be doing volunteer opportunities people are going to ask for professional pictures and you want to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward and I understand that um photography can be very expensive right but in this day and age if you have an iphone or an android where they take really good pictures you just want to make sure that you're in a place that's well lit with a simple background you look like yourself you feel confident you're wearing clothing that like you feel comfortable in so that you're not so you're not tensing your pictures but you need a clear background it doesn't need to like be a a boring shot and it should be something that shows your personality but it can't like you can't have a party pic As your professional LinkedIn profile picture Um, I've spent the money to have a photographer uh, take my headshots but again I do a lot of speaking engagements it's something that I want to do it's a source of revenue for me and my my business and my career and so I spend the money to get professional headshots done but if you don't already have a professional headshot and you are looking to be in some kind of a leadership role whether that's with your company or elsewhere if you're looking to speak more spend the money and get your headshots done I saw one that was done yesterday um, because of corona a lot of people can't get to their makeup artists. they can't get to a studio and so I saw a girl who had one done on her iPhone somebody did her makeup she took it on her iPhone and the pictures look great right clear background really good lighting You want to be standing, if you're taking the pictures yourself, you want to be standing across from a window, um, and you want to do it without a flash during the daytime with a clear background. Um, The background can be colorful or whatever that's playful to show your personality, but you need to make sure that you have a professional headshot. The third thing that I will say is that you need to have a professional bio. Um, A lot of the times we don't feel like we need one because we're not senior or whatever. No, you need to have a place where you have the story of your career uh captured you need and if that's you setting down yourself and writing it or you hiring a biography writer like I have someone who wrote my bio for me and then as time has gone on I've edited it myself it's probably time to get my bio rewritten and I know you're probably thinking like well what am I going to use a bio for Well, again, like if you are speaking somewhere, if you um, if you are asking for someone to make an introduction on your behalf, it helps to give them something that they can give to the person that they're introducing you to or something that they can pull a couple of sentences from to include in that email that they're introducing you to uh, using to introduce you to that next person. Um, And then again, if you're speaking, if you are um, if you are looking to create your own website for whatever reason, uh, you just want to have a place that captures the work that you've been doing in a way that makes sense, that's cohesive, that's well-written, and then you have it so that when people ask, you kind of, like, it's easy to help you because you've already provided them with the information that they needed. And then the last one, this is one that I have that I think is very important, is you need what I call your networking kit. And in your networking kit, you, I, have, I have my business cards, my business card holders, There's nothing worse than someone asking you for a business card and you're picking up the one from the bottom of your purse that's dirty or scuffed or or bent over or kind of raggy, like we don't need that. So business card, business card holder. either personalized, stationery, or thank you cards. So I write my thank you cards on Tuesdays and I send them out. Um, and it's usually for someone who's helped me, uh, for a, a lot of the people who help me secure speakers for all the lot of things that I do, um, for my mentors, if somebody's introduced me to someone, someone has taken the time to do an informational call with me, like all of those people get thank you cards. At the end of the year, everybody who has partnered with me will get a gift and uh, a thank you card that goes along with it. And I know that everybody, you know, feels like, well, we have email, we don't, there's something to be said for sending and receiving a personalized thank you card that makes people feel appreciated. And so I have that like, at networking events, if you know somebody introduced me to someone, or if there is something that like, comes from something, I always try to send a thank you card. Uh, mints, of course, like when we had uh, in-person meetings, I think those are invaluable. Um, and then... This last part of your networking kit takes a little bit of time, but I have a spreadsheet with all of my contacts when I meet them, um, and then I have personal notes about you know each of the per- each of each person, and then I also have if I have made contact with them, I have like some like dates around when I reached out, what I reached out about, just because I want to not have my relationships be transactional. I really want to spend time pouring into a handful of quality relationships, and so I try to make sure that like. I'm intentional about reaching out on a on a pretty regular basis with things that are beneficial to, to the women within my network. So there is a check sheet, like a, a checklist uh, on um, the I Choose the Lighter page if you need a checklist of the resources. But what I will say you need, professional resume, professional headshot, professional bio, networking kit. Um, if there is anything that you guys think that I forgot, let me know as usual. Um, and until next time, thank you for listening.